Eugene Levy, CFFF promo, take three. Testing one, two, three. Good level? Yep. Bobby Bittman here. I always listen to Trent Radio 92.7. I love this guy. I really do. You do one more of those? Sure. What was wrong with that one? Nothing, nothing. I, uh, I just was, the level was a little high. Okay. <clears throat> Hi, this is Bobby Bittman. When I'm in the Kawarthas, I listen to Trent Radio 92.7 FM. I guess that means I'm on. Dave Hawkins, welcome to another week of The Antidote. Tonight, yeah, we've always got themes. Not always themes, but tonight we do have a theme. Somebody who was epic in this business. Steve Taylor, yeah, had his roots back in the uh, early 80s. And, of course, from there he's uh, carried on to serve multiple roles over the years. So he's had a long and varied career. Yeah, again, as a musician in the 1980s, uh, he had no aversion to casting stones at uh, both society in general and the church. Taylor added the term alternative to Christian music. Tonight, you're going to find out why. Our first track, we have I Want to Be a Clone by Steve Taylor. Steve Taylor putting his uh, stint on what it's like to be a newcomer to Christ, uh, being dumped into a really conservative church and being forced to conform and being fitting into a mold. 
Steve Taylor, uh, he was really influential with a number of bands during uh, his days as head of Squint Entertainment. After his solo career, he had decided to start up a new label, had it funded by a very traditional Christian label, Word Records, and he had collected quite a mixed bag of bands that performed on that. We're going to highlight some of those bands right now. First track we've got up is with Chevelle, a bit of a rock band. This is point number one, and which was the title track of uh, obviously point number one. It seems I've gained the world, but have nothing to keep tabs upon this loss isn't wasted time. Opportunities to recognize now we have the time. Rebuke, don't choke on this twisted dream. Cause he'll say, Pay for it. The whole song, he'll say, Magnified pain is point number. You'll save me for real The whole song To magnify pain Is point number one Cause it seems I've gained
that was Chevelle. Remember those cars? I don't know if they were cool or not. It just depended on, maybe it was dependent on the person that was driving them. This was a band that uh, was featured on Squint Entertainment. Now we got another track, Burlap to Cashmere. Yeah, back after a 13-year uh, hiatus. This is one of their original tracks that was heard uh, on Squint Entertainment. This is Eileen's song. Summer, like 
Again, that was Burlap to Cashmere. Had a real uh, world folk rock influence there. Sort of an unusual band. They really weren't quite like anyone else. Tonight, here we go. Something everybody has heard. This band, Sixpence None the Richer. When I saw Steve Taylor a number of weeks ago, he was actually gave a bit of a demonstration on how this song had progressed. Kiss Me, yeah, this band's been featured, or song has been featured in 60 movies or TV shows. The song went platinum. That really brought Lee Nash's uh, vocals to the forefront of mainstream and Christian radio alike. And here we go. Kiss Me, Sixpence, None the Richer.
Dave Hawkins, and you're listening to The Antidote. Another week's worth, or at least an hour's worth this week, of some really dynamic Christian bands. Again, tonight, feature Steve Taylor. Man, the myth, the memory. No, not quite that, but certainly a very uh, influential person. You're going to be hearing some some of his uh, personal notes, because I was able to do an interview with him a number of weeks ago out in Calgary. He's going to highlight some of the stuff that's been happening or will be happening in his career. When he was head CEO of uh, Squint Entertainment, he had a ska band, The Insiders. And I know, yeah, maybe I'm the only person left on the planet that still just adores ska, but all these bands are coming back. OC Supertones have come back. Five Iron Frenzy just announced that they were coming back and they're recording. And now The Insiders, and they're on their way back too. This is from a really wacky CD called Scalaluya. Yeah, ska tunes. These, so it's a ska beat added to uh, traditional hymns, choruses, and whatnot that you hear at church. So you want to hear something a little different? This is it. So again, this is, uh, this is from the Insiders, and this is Awesome God.
and above with wisdom and power and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He raised from heaven Oh yeah, The Insiders with Awesome God. What a great track. Sorry, I love ska. So Steve Taylor, he's got one of his tracks is coming up right now. Probably one of his best known tracks. This is uh, On the Fritz and that he recorded back in 1985. So I guess if we're looking if you're looking for some retro tracks, yeah, we've definitely got a few for you tonight.
Speaking with Steve Taylor, who's been a major part of Christian music and the media for over 30 years. Steve's often been considered a controversial figure to traditional churches due to his accurate criticisms of the organized church. Today, he continues to write and produce music and has broadened his portfolio also by directing movies. Do you consider yourself, Steve, to be a a rebel with a cause? Um, well, you know, I think Bono put it more succinctly, but the easiest thing in the world now is to um, kind of follow the well-worn path of being a rock and roll rebel. You know, by not following that path, that's, it's probably a little more unique in this day and age. I wasn't a particularly rebellious kid. I liked my parents and um, grew up in a good home. I heard this this band The Clash when I was in college, and uh, I was so inspired that I decided i want to do what i want to do what they do and their music was sort of protest music and so that's uh that's primarily what i've written is protest music so that was the original uh, intention when you were as a solo artist in the uh, in the 80s and early in early 90s yeah i just i just felt like particularly uh within the church there was so much hypocrisy um, you know, we didn't want to talk about it, but the outside world saw it very clearly. I ended up writing a lot about, you know, hypocrisy within the church and w- outside the church, and uh, that was what kind of fueled everything. And how did the church uh, respond to <laughs> to some of these uh, criticisms? Well, nobody's crazy about being criticized, and, uh, you know, not everybody liked it. But I think it's one thing when criticism comes from outside the ranks and it's another thing when it comes from inside and for myself if uh if i get criticized by someone that i know doesn't like me anyway i tend to not listen to it but if it's uh coming from a friend or uh, a family member uh, you know i knew i know they're doing it for my own good so i tend to listen a little better at the end of your solo career and really i guess that was what early early 90s you know when you finished up with that but then you went for a major departure in your career with uh, with starting up Squint Entertainment, and you were really instrumental with just an eclectic uh, mix of bands that you had with that label. Can you describe it? Just to, just give us a bit of a synopsis of the type of bands that were on Squint and how you're able to help them. Well, you know, I liked a variety of music within the corner general heading of. Uh modern music i guess so yeah we had a really diverse label uh, chevelle was modern kind of hard rock little metally maybe uh this band la symphony was probably the best hip hop collective i'd ever heard um water deep was kind of a jam band but they wrote really good songs and uh really smart lyrics six minutes on the richer of course ended up having a huge a couple of huge pop hits around the world but uh they were a really good rock band, you know. They're they're known more for their pop music, but they're a really strong 
band uh writing really good songs and uh they could they could rock it out on stage back in the day so oh and then there's this other band burlap to cashmere which uh kind of took um world music influences and made it into something that was totally their own and and they were one of the best live bands i've ever seen so yeah the the label was quite diverse but we kind of felt like that was part of the the label's strength is there was a lot of diversity within the within the label well, some of the listeners to The Antidote might recognize uh, some of those bands because we have played Chagall Vera and uh, Sixpence None the Richer. And uh, for last week you heard Burlap to Cashmere with actually with their new record after a 13-year absence. So now your uh, abilities as a significant songwriter carry on. Describe your association with both the, with the Newsboys and uh, Peter Furler. With Newsboys, uh, when I first started working with them, they were a band uh, recently moved to the U.S. from Australia. A lot of bands, I find, they don't write very good lyrics, but they don't really realize that their lyrics aren't very good. And with Newsboys, uh, Peter was very upfront. He said, man, uh, you know, I'm just not very good at lyrics. I write them because I have to, but it would be really good to get someone who is a little better. And so originally my role was to write lyrics and then uh, I got more involved in uh, production based on working on some lyrics with them and it ended up being a really good partnership that uh, lasted for many years. As to even Peter Furler's current album On Fire, you've got such a range, that's why I said it before we started the interview about you just having a breadth of experience just in Christian media because of course you're also known for directing I remember watching the one feature film that you did, Second Chance, uh, starring uh, Michael W. Smith. It's showing a Christian worldview, but of course, this was, again, this was a real slap up against the back of the head for some Christians in, in larger organized churches. Well, we the idea was, uh, what if we took the genre of kind of that black and white buddy movie genre, where you have a black guy and a white guy, and they're stuck together, and they can't figure out a way to get along um, until the end when they figure out a way to get along. And I thought it would be interesting to apply that to uh, kind of the modern um, modern church scene, where Michael is the associate pastor at a big suburban mega church, big white mega church, and he ends up getting sent downtown against his will and working with an urban black church. And um, uh, there was a lot of themes that we could explore within that kind of context that uh, I thought would were interesting to me and would be interesting to an audience. And, and certainly um, I thought a lot of that hadn't been uh, dealt with in a movie before. So it was an enjoyable experience. So now you've got another really, really major project with your... Uh directing of donald miller's best-selling book is being made into a made into a movie and of course that's blue like jazz which was a big hit on the new york times bestsellers list how did actually getting involved with donald miller and trying to take what was a collection of stories and actually convert it into an actual storyline that would work in a movie well, Blue Light Jazz isn't a book that you put down and you say, oh, I see this movie in my head. Um, like you said, it's kind of a collection of essays, but its, it's core is about a 
guy who grows up in suburban Houston, very conservative kind of fundamental Southern Baptist church upbringing, and he ends up moving to Portland, Oregon. And in the book, Donald Miller is living there in his early 30s, and he's a few blocks away from a place called Reed College in Portland, which is very, very much kind of the opposite of what he grew up in. And he ends up auditing classes and uh, making friends there and writing about the experience. So when I pitched Don on the idea of turning this into a movie, my big change was let's make your character a 19-year-old college student who goes to college at Reed and lives the experience as opposed to someone who's kind of watching other people live it. And uh, to his credit, he was up for the idea and ended up being a collaborator on the screenwrite, uh, on the screenplay as well, which typically is not a, a good idea to have the author of the book working on the screenplay with you. But in Don's case, he was... Uh, he was a really great collaborator, and then, then the, the screenplay turned out well, and the movie, uh, we believe, turned out really well, too. Well, I guess funding for Blue Like Jazz uh, was quite a feat. Tell us how that was actually arranged. Yeah, we just couldn't pull the funding together. It wasn't a particularly expensive movie, and it was, as you said, based on a New York Times bestseller. I thought it was going to be easy, but it, it just wasn't. We weren't finding kind of the, enough private investors to shoot the movie. And uh, we finally cobbled just enough money together to get it uh, shot. And on the eve of opening our production office, one of the investors dropped out. So I called Don, the author, and said, you're not going to believe it. Uh, this guy dropped out. I don't know how we're going to go forward. And Don was bummed out as well. He blogged about it the next day on his uh, quite popular blog and said, sorry, everybody, the movie's dead. We did our best. We couldn't make it happen. And then followers of the project, fans of the project, started writing us back and saying, well, you got to do this. I'll give you 10 bucks, or my friends and I will get together and we'll give you 50 bucks." And a couple guys in Franklin, Tennessee, started a Kickstarter campaign, a crowdfunding website called kickstarter.com. And the, the name of the project was Save Blue Like Jazz. And uh, miraculously, in 30 days, this uh, Save Blue Like Jazz project raised uh, $350,000 from 4,500 backers from around the world. So uh, that's how we got to make the movie, and it still blows my mind when I think about it. So when do you actually see the movie being released, uh, released to theaters? Yes, it'll be out in theaters uh, next spring, and um, uh, keep an eye out for it. I think it's, uh, I think it's turned out really well, and uh, hopefully uh, people show up on opening weekend. Well, it was an exciting and a uh, bit of an eye-opening book to read. So what's the future going to hold for Steve Taylor? I mean, after going from, you know, 80s, 80s new wave to uh, record producing, directing. I mean, again, uh, what more can the future hold for Steve Taylor? Well, I've got a short attention span, so... Um uh, but I'd love to do another movie project, and I'm sorting through a, a few different ideas to f figure out what what's next. Hopefully it won't take me five years to get the next one off the ground. And, I, you know, i I got to admit I, I miss music a little bit, so who knows, maybe there'll be some music in the future too. This is The Antidote. I'm Dave Hawkins, and we've been speaking with uh, Steve Taylor. Any last thoughts, Steve? Uh, you know, as uh, the Scottish say, uh, never pet a burning dog. So that's my best last thought for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll remember that if I ever come up to, uh, to thinking about petting a burning dog. <laughs> well, listen, Steve, thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. Thank you, David.
Principled Man by Steve Taylor. That track actually comes directly from uh, Psalm 1, which is, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or or start in the way of sinners. Sort of giving uh, giving a synopsis of uh, where we should be standing. Now, Steve had also mentioned about the, the Blue Light Jazz movie. Yeah, I did. I was able to see a raw screening, like a, it wasn't the final cut of the film. Just trust me, it's not going to be, you know, a family-friendly movie. It's pretty raw, and I would certainly be, it's minimally going to get a PG and, you know, adult accompaniment for sure, because there is some language and there's a lot of issues that are dealt in that. Tonight, featuring Steve Taylor. 
This is another band that he had formed, Chagall Guevara, sort of an art rock type of band. The band never really took off. It was really more of, again, of a distribution type of problem, which has been quite typical for Christian bands, even though this uh, they were marketing themselves not as being a Christian band. This track is called The Rub of Love, and it comes from the uh, Chagall Guevara self-titled LP.
I don't normally play much with the newsboys on this show. We're trying to do some more alternative type of Christian music, stuff that you don't normally hear from day to day on uh, regular, I guess you'd refer to it as mainstream Christian radio. But tonight, got to make an exception with this. Probably one of the most famous of all Newsboys songs, Shine, because this was co-written by Steve Taylor. So you get to see some of his lyrical abilities coming to the forefront on this track.
Yes, Shine by the Newsboys. There's more than a just a bit of a famous track. For fans of Newsboys, but had a really big special treat on Monday night because Monday night you could have seen probably half of at least the old school Newsboys band being right here in Peterborough at the Selwyn Outreach Center. Peter Furler was there, who's now a solo artist, and of course he used to be the front man for the Newsboys. But as a solo artist, the guy's great. I mean, he's a, he is a really professional performer. Great, just great on stage. Great to meet in person. Coming weeks, you'll be hearing an interview. I had a chance to you know, spend a few minutes with him and hear his thoughts on his, on his new career as a solo artist. Of course, the other special treat was that for Old School Newsboys fan was when uh, Phil Joel decided he would come. He was the former bass player for Newsboys, and he was there also. So you had heard a lot of Newsboys hits. You heard a lot of new tracks from uh, Peter Furter's uh, current uh, CD, On Fire. And, of course, this is what we're going to be playing. Now, the interesting connection with Steve Taylor in this track is that you'll actually hear Steve Taylor performing on this one, actually doing some of the uh, some of the vocals on this. So this is uh, Closer by, uh, by Peter Furter on fire, but uh, also featuring Steve Taylor on vocals.
Gives you some idea of what you missed on uh, Monday night. Yeah, they had a pretty full house. He's doing a number of, uh, Peter Fuller's doing a number of uh, Southern Ontario dates. And I think probably the last one I think is coming up uh, just uh, in the next couple of days. If you want to drive out to Cambridge, tell you how fanatical some people can be over Peter Fuller, over the newsboys, is I met a family. They had driven out from Cambridge with their two kids they came out for the concert and of course they were leaving in the snow to head back home but check this out not only were they coming to peterborough they were also going to attend uh, out in belleville for the belleville concert they were going to go to kingston for the kingston concert but of course they're actually playing in their hometown in cambridge just in the next uh, couple of days so that's uh, that's pretty extreme you know the uh, dad i was speaking with him he was saying you know i hope they don't think i'm a stalker and i said well you're getting to be on the edge. But again, I guess all of us can be that way. Some of us just get obsessed with different brands and they'll just go anywhere to go and see them. Now, I've got another track coming up right now. This is one from Steve Taylor. I'm going to give you a bit of a setup on it. A lot of people thought this is just a strictly a dumping on, uh, on abortion. This wasn't the case with this track. What this one is all about is, and I'll just read from Steve Liner's notes, uh, his liner notes from, I should say, from the CD. It says, a baby was born in Bloomington, Indiana with Down syndrome, and despite uh, numerous outside pleas for adoption, the parents, doctors, and ultimately the courts decided to allow baby Doe to starve to death right there in the hospital. And Steve mentions, but the more I thought about what had happened, the more I realized that. I shared in the blame that my silence had helped clear the way for baby Doe's suffering and death. So that's going to be coming up. You've been listening to The Antidote. I'm Dave Hawkins, and you've been listening to the show through the facilities of Trent Radio, CFFF, Peterborough, 92.7 FM. Sit back. Don't get the Kleenexes put too far away. This is uh, Baby Doe from Steve Taylor from 1984. Unfolding today, a miracle play, this Indiana boy. The father, he sighs, she opens her eyes, the baby boy is born. Below and where 
92.7 FM, CFFF in Peterborough. 92.7% power. Some people say that university students are quite rude. I would tend to disagree. You're listening to Trent Radio, bees Get on it! Oh my. Yes, you're hearing Trent Radio. You're getting to hear Dave Hawkins again for yet another half hour. Believe it or not, you're actually going to hear me right from uh, 9 o'clock till 11.30. Cause, cause Andrew's show, yeah, Berlin Wall, we're going to do black and white metal, satanic metal, Christian metal. It's metal mayhem once again, but that's coming up in a half hour. For now, you're just going to have to put up with me.
And here's some other tracks. This track, don't ask me why, it just grabbed me so much. It's got a real uh, Brit pop sound. Uh, Dream Pilots, actually from Norway. It's just, it's a fun track. So I'm going to play it. Amber of autumn fades and the grave 
Was Suffer by the Aquin Green. Yeah, sort of a cool band. I don't know. I've really, uh, I really like some of that electronic stuff. But we're going to switch it up a little bit. Let's, we're going to dial up the action a little bit. Here's Emery with uh, Cutthroat Collapse. Still hear the trains and my back is hunting me. 
just leave it Some colors start bleeding So guard yourself That's what my folks used to say Defended the secrets Claiming past loves and regrets I've seen them play pretty dynamic band in concert. Often, uh, they've often even featured up to th- three lead vocalists. <laughs> Not too many bands can uh, can claim that. Now, I saw this track. This is an oldie. When I saw the title, all I could think of was uh, Andrew. Now he he's almost. I think he's still maybe snoozing in the uh, in the lunchroom here at Trent Radio. This might get him going. Anyway, this is uh, like you say the title just. It just labeled him. This is Psychotic Companion.
the great thing about long seven and a half minute tracks. It means you can go to the washroom. Yeah, you can even wash your hands. You can have a snack. You could down a whole coffee in seven and a half minutes. And I was doing a little bit of that. Where we're just waiting for Andrew to wake up. He's going to be getting up pretty soon. And of course, we're going to be uh, all be guesting with Andrew on uh, the Iron Curtain. Put you a little bit in the mood for that. Here's a track from I Am Terrified, Heaven Knocking, Hell Rising.
I am terrified. Like that band, just newer one. Haven't been around all that long, but they've got a number of interesting tracks. Now we're going to flip over, actually. Can you sort of tell that I'm just sort of scrolling through my uh, playlists here? So we're going to do something just up from uh, Inhale, Exhale. I think you might like this. (laughs) 